0: If you have a Bible close by, please go get it. Take it, open it up to the New Testament book of Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. There are four Gospels. What are they together? Maybe the kids can help you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, if you will, open your Bible to Luke chapter 13. 13, and we're going to beginning, begin at verse 22. Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 22. Let's, uh, let's ask the Lord's blessing. Lord, we pray for your blessing. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, that you would give us things to think about that will matter for all eternity. In Jesus' your name we pray, amen. Verse 22 says, And he, that would be Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. There there was one who said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And Jesus answered him or said to him. I've wondered about that question. Here Jesus is on a preaching tour. He's talking to people in villages and towns and cities. And someone said to him, we don't know who it is, not one of the disciples. Lord, are there few who are saved? In other words, are only a few going to be saved? I, I think about why he asked that question, and it must be because of the circumstances. Here's Jesus. He goes into a town and he shares the gospel. and like the power, but the parable of the sower, lots of people respond initially, but then people kind of fall away from the message. You don't hear anything more about them. Maybe they hang around and they seem interested. But in reality, they're not that interested. But he makes this observation. It seems to me, Lord, that only a few are going to be saved. And then Jesus says this very, 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 very important verse of Scripture in Luke chapter 13, verse 24. Now, I'm reading from the New King James. If you want to repeat it with me, let's repeat it together. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Today is Mother's Day. This is a perfect passage of Scripture for me to share on Mother's Day, because I I see the passion of mothers in this verse of Scripture. I see the passion of mothers who are longing for their kids to be saved, who are praying for their kids to be saved, who are pleading for their kids to be saved. I see that clearly here. When I was a a child, uh, this passage of Scripture impressed me more than most verses. It's one of the few passages I remember from my youngest days. Jesus said many things more than once in his preaching ministry. And in Matthew, he also shares these words in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And now we know what the context refers to. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the obstacles that are set up in our way to prevent us from entering the kingdom of God. And so Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When I think of my own mother and I think of her passion for me to be saved and to, and to serve the Lord, she told me that when I was too young to even remember this, that she would rock me in the rocking chair for hours and hours praying that the Lord would touch my heart and my life. And she had two babies to to hold at the same time in that rocking chair. Now, this passage of Scripture confirms what I'm saying to you. Think of the passion of mothers, but think think of it in relationship to the passion of Christ Himself. Because at the very last verse that I'm looking at this morning, that I want you to see... It's verse 34 of that very same chapter. The context is pretty much the same. And Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See how Jesus illustrates the passion of mothers? Now, I'm amazed every time I see the extraordinary care that animals take to protect their young. It just boggles my mind when I think about it. How God has created an instinct in them to really protect their young with their very lives. And Jesus has chosen to use a hen and saying, I have the same passion as a hen has, who will gather her chicks under her wings when there is danger. But in your case, the problem is that you don't want me to do that. Now, Jesus answers this question in verse 25, verse 24 and 25 that this person asks, Are there few who are going to be saved? That's the way it looks. He doesn't answer it directly, but he answers it with these very interesting comments. And here's what Jesus says. He says, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, and he he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. I do not know where you are from. Think about that for a minute. Because what Jesus is doing in answering the question is saying, many are going to try to enter the kingdom of God after it is too late. What a tragedy. He continues by saying, in verse 26, then you will begin to say, we, th- this is very interesting, catch this, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. <laughs> Rubbing shoulders with you, Lord, is not new to us. I I think it's very important for all of us to ask ourselves the question based on this very simple fact that just because we're reared in a Christian home, just because we hang out around the church perhaps all of our lifetime, just because we find ourselves in many situations where it looks like we're joining together with a people of God, I think it's very important for us to ask the question, am I really saved because of that inconsequential connection? Jesus said it, not me. You're going to say, we ate and we drank in your presence and you taught us in the streets. But Jesus is going to say, I tell you, verse 27, I do not know you or know where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of, and he uses a very strong term when he says this, you workers of iniquity. you ever ask yourself the question why they're even bothering to knock in the first place? After the fact? The door's already closed. The opportunity's already gone. The invitation, the last invitation has already been given and you have people knocking on the door to get in. But it's too late. Why do they want in? When did they realize their mistake? What happened in their lives to cause them to say, oh no, I have made the worst mistake in all of my life. I have piddled around with the truth of God's word for years, and I've never personally responded to it in my heart. And it has made no difference. I look good, but my heart isn't changed. Back in Noah's day, when God shut the door of the ark, I can understand the circumstances there. It begins to rain and the water begins to rise. I can see people knocking on the ark. But see, the problem in our day and age is we are not going to understand our mistake till after the fact. That's the real problem here. And we have this mentality this mentality that I can sow my wild oats, and I can worry about the Lord later. I can leave home like the prodigal son, and I can return after a life of iniquity, as the Lord says. I can procrastinate. I have time. Now, I'm not denying that you and I have time. God gives us time. I I rejoice in the prodigal son who returns to his father. I rejoice in that. But the problem is that procrastination is going to creep up on many, many people, and they're going to find themselves knocking on a door after it is too late. And I hope it will not be you. I hope it will not be you. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 in the Old Testament is a very good passage of Scripture for all of us. And and Solomon is addressing young people when he says to us in Ecclesiastes 12, In that chapter, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Don't wait. Don't wait so that when you're old, you can't appreciate opportunities to serve Him, to love Him, to worship Him. That's his conclusion in that passage of Scripture. I can think of many historical illustrations of people who procrastinated because they didn't see how important it was to respond to danger. I think of the Titanic. I think of the Johnstown Flood. I think of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius on August the 24th, 79 AD, during the time of the New Testament. Pliny the Younger wrote about that experience. His uncle, Pliny the Elder, and these were famous literary figures in the Roman Empire... And Pliny the Younger describes the experience during the eruption while he was staying in the home of his uncle. They were on one side of the bay and Pompeii and Herculaneum were on the other side of the bay. And Pliny the Elder was responsible for a number of ships commissioned, he was commissioned to use for the Roman government. And so, <clears throat> when he talks about his experience, and he writes this to his good friend, Cornelius Tacitus, who is a famous Roman historian, and when he describes the happenings late in August of 79 AD, here's how he describes it. My uncle was stationed at Misenum, in active command of the fleet. On the 24th of August in the early afternoon, my mother drew his attention to a cloud of unusual size and appearance hovering over Mount Vesuvius. Now to make a long story short, have some fun. Go to the internet, Google the destruction of Pompeii. And get as many details as you can about that particular tragedy. The interesting thing is that he wanted to sail across the bay, and he wanted to rescue friends who had sent a message to him. And so he did. And when he got to Palm, when he got to cross the bay, to rescue his friends he had to make an important decision as to how they were going to flee the city. He decided, well, we got to do it by sea. And the tragedy is that when he got to the house of his friends, he stayed there and stayed there and stayed there and stayed there. Slept overnight there had them draw a bath for him. The next morning, the ash that was coming down on the city was getting so bad that they decided they needed to get out of their house, cover their heads with pillows to protect themselves, and to make a long story short, Pliny the Elder never made it. He died. Some of his friends lived to tell the story. But I say that to actually share with you the fact that there were thousands of people in the city of Pompeii who never left. They decided to hunker down, and they were buried in the ash of that volcanic eruption Notice what Jesus says in verse 28. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Now don't forget, these are people who for all intents and purposes look like they're a part of the kingdom of God. They're fellowshipping, they're spending time with, they have a heritage that gives them the impression that they're part of God's family, God's people. And Jesus says, You know what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you're going to be an outsider looking in. And when you look from the outside in, you're going to say, Oh, there's Abraham, there's Isaac, there's Jacob, there's all the prophets. And here I am standing outside. And Jesus said, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in verse 29, they will come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and sit down in the kingdom of God and you're going to miss it all. Because you piddled around, fiddled around, procrastinated. You thought that just rubbing shoulders and giving the and, and 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 thinking that everything is okay because maybe you've been hanging around the church all of your life is all it takes. But we know that there needs to be a change in our heart and in our attitude. We need to actually respond to the message of the gospel. And once again, I'm going to close with this. I see the passion of parents, the passion of mothers. Jesus sees the danger. Jesus addresses us because he sees the danger. And he knows down the road that there'll be many regrets because we didn't respond to the truth of the gospel when we had an opportunity day in and day out, and week in and week out, And so Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Here it is. Everybody read it together with me. How often, many, 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 many times I wanted to gather your children together in the same way that a hen gathers her brood under her wings when danger is nearby. And the saddest words of all, but you were not willing. I have a poem. I'm not sure who wrote it, but it's in my grandfather's handwriting. And I think this is one of the best tributes that we can give to mothers who have a passion, a longing, and are praying and pleading for their children. Mothers are to be commended for lots of things, but there's nothing more important than a mother being commended for desiring her children to be saved. So let me read this as I close this poem. Are all the children in? I think oft times as the night draws near of an old home on the hill. Of a yard all wide and blossom starred where children played at will. And when the night at last came down, hushing the merry din, Mother would look around and ask Are all the children in? As many and many a year since then, and the old house on the hill no longer echoes to childish feet, and the yard is still so still. But I see it all as the shadows creep, and though many years have been, since then I can hear my mother ask, are all the children in? I wonder if when the shadows fall on the last short earthly day, When we say goodbye to the world outside, all tired with childish play. When we step out into that other land where mother so long has been, will we hear her ask, just as of old, Are all the children in? Think of the tears, think of the prayers of moms who know the danger of procrastination. Think of the longing. They deserve a lot of respect and honor, do they not? And the best way to respect a mom is to come to Christ. Say, I'm done, I'm tired, I've sowed my wild oats and I regret the fact that I have not responded to the truth of God's word. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Will you come to him? Will you come to him? Father, we pray. We pray, Lord, that you would grip our hearts with the truth of your word. And help us to see that we put so many obstacles in our own way. Because we want to walk that wide, wide way that leads to destruction. Because it looks good to us. Father, we pray that you'd help us to see the one way by which we're saved. Jesus, you said to us that you're the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through you. Help us to receive it. Help us to believe it. Help us to embrace it with all of our hearts without wasting another moment. Amen? Amen. Let's sing together as we close our service. Into my heart, into my heart, Lord Jesus. And if you don't know the Lord is your personal Savior, will you come to Him? Will you say, Lord, you died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. I want to know that that penalty was paid in my behalf. And that my sin can be forgiven through my personal faith in Christ. Let's all sing it together. Into my heart. Into my heart, Lord Jesus. Into my heart Into my heart Come into my heart Lord Jesus Come in today Come in to stay Come into my heart lord jesus